Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Cow Lot, where cowboys and cowgirls shop for hats. The Cow Lot has a history of service, quality, honesty, and integrity. Continuing the Western way of life, how you wear it, and how to preserve it. You're guaranteed to get your hat fitted and shaped exactly how you want it. I'm very picky when it comes to my hats, and the owner, Glenn, and his crew have never let me down. So head over to thecowlot.com, order yourself a new lid, and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. And remember, you can tell by looking. It came from the cow lot. Today's episode is also being brought to you by Canyon Coolers. Canyon Coolers sells ridiculously cold, seriously tough roto-molded coolers. With long-lasting ice retention and innovative designs, your next and last cooler should be a Canyon Cooler. You may be surprised to find out that Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than a Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge. Jason Costello, the CEO of Canyon Coolers, describes himself as an ice retention expert, and that is what Canyon Coolers delivers, ice retention. As I just stated, Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than the Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge. Canyon Coolers sells two series, the Pro Series, which is their flagship, and the Outfitter Series, which is their classic original design. Sizes range from 22 quarts to 150 quarts. Canyon Coolers are headquartered in Flagstaff, Arizona, and are constructed of USA-made materials and offer a lifetime warranty. Modern Cowboy podcast listeners can receive a 10% discount using the code MODERNCOWBOY at checkout when completing your order at CanyonCoolers.com. So head over to CanyonCoolers.com, order yourself a new cooler, and tell him Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Today's episode of the podcast is also being sponsored by It's Jerky. There's no food more cowboy than jerky. I've been a fan of jerky since I was, oh gosh, as long as I can remember. But I was on a recent trip, actually, I was out and uh, stayed with Cody Cowden for about a week. I was leaving his place, driving back to Arizona, and... I wanted to get something to eat, and something I wanted to eat something good though, just a a good snack. And I didn't want to have fast food, so I, I actually pulled into the Flying J to get fuel. Thought, well, they might have something here. So, I, and I, I thought, man, if I get some beef jerky, that'd be great. But most of the time, beef jerkies are just overprocessed and uh, full of all kinds of chemicals. So I actually went in there and was perusing the aisles, and I came across this this jerky called It's Jerky, and I looked at it, I read the package. And I was surprised that the price was uh, was so good. It was a pound of jerky for like $20. Anyway, I ended up buying it. Jerky was amazing. I absolutely loved it. And now here they are sponsoring the show. So uh, big shout out to them and big thanks for, for their sponsorship. And I would just uh, highly recommend you head over to itsjerky.com. Order yourself some of this amazing high-protein, low-calorie fuel for your body tell them dan at the modern cowboy podcast sent you where are you cowboys and cowgirls at hey everybody this is dan hillenbrand and welcome to modern cowboy the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world i'm glad you're here so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired motivated educated and entertained as i interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy Sons of the desert and riders on the wind. 
got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me. I ain't got much, but I'm free. I've always been one to do it my own way. I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage. I don't know nobody, nothing. Everything I got's my own. Some say I'm just a man to the bone. I'm a cowboy, yes I am. I was born to rope and ride. I'm a cowboy, that's my brand. Until the day I die. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, going to be a little bit of different of an episode today. Really, it's it's a real appropriate time for it, <laughs> too. The thing that, that really just initiated me to have my guest on today, a review that was written about my podcast on iTunes. Um, and this was done back in October 2019. And at the time, I, I, I really didn't give it much thought. You know, I know people say things, but as time went on, I, I read it a few more times, and then it, it integrated and uploaded onto my website. So it's like people come to my website, and the first thing that they're going to see on the one page is, is this, and I'm going to read it right now. The title of it is Disappointed in the Hatefulness of the Host. And this is dated 10-4-2019. They go on to say, October 2nd was great until the host made it so obvious he's hateful towards our president. I was hoping this show would be about learning and being stoic, quote, unquote, and avoid politics and social media. But host wasn't able to be stoic about things, and it ruined my feelings about this episode. If you get rid of his comments, then the episode would be great by, this is Ad Fortunato from the United States. So I don't know who that is, or that really doesn't even make a whole lot of sense to me. One fact is that there was no podcast episode on October 2nd, so... That that's not true, and I have never said anything full towards our president. So, uh, just to kind of rebut this a little bit, and based on everything that's going on in our country right now, which is pure craziness, uh, decided to have a great friend of mine, and and uh, he's been my tax consultant and advisor for man twenty five years, I think. Now I met Mark, like I said, about twenty five years ago. Uh, when I owed the IRS over a little over two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I ended up in that mess because of you know, myself and, and ultimately responsible, but I, but I had a high-powered CPA that was taking care of my taxes at the time, and I was paying him large sums of money every month, and ultimately realized all he was doing was some bookkeeping and filing extensions and. Anyway, it led to uh, the actual IRS agent showing up at my door one day and showing me a badge. So since uh, since I met Mark, uh, and he he helped me clean that whole mess up. I, and since that time, I I've, I don't believe I've ever filed a late uh, return uh, since, and uh, I've always stayed on top of it. And Mark is also, like I said, a good friend. I've known him all these years. So for somebody to say that I have was showed hatefulness towards our president is is really strange because. Mark is involved with all kind of activism in terms of keeping America great again. He has a radio show on KCNR 1460. Uh, it's called Sovereign Minds, and you can also listen to his uh, show at KCNR1460.com. 
Uh, he's headed up the Tea Party before, which I, I understand now is kind of morphed into a few other things. Uh, he lives in Northern California, uh, so he's fighting the good fight to uh, to uh, keep it America out there. But uh, anyway, I wanted to just preface this uh, this all with this is how it came about, and um, I'm excited to have Mark on. He's very knowledgeable about what's going on in the world of politics and uh, the world of uh, of the IRS. So, uh, without any further ado, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me on, Dan. It's been a uh, it's been a long uh, road, uh, our, our friendship, and, uh, you know, it's good to see, uh, you know, uh, see you again here. I haven't seen you for a while because, uh, <laughs> you know, here in Arizona now, and uh, we seem to always get our business done through the Internet and whatever else we're doing now. So it's uh, yeah, crazy days indeed, absolutely, no question. Always, yeah. 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 Well, when we first met, you, know, you were in the uh, East Bay area, right? I started out in San Mateo on okay. 3rd Avenue, and then I moved to Fremont over there in the East Bay, uh, and then I ended up in Reading up here, and I went into business with my brother there, who was a tax attorney. Uh, he's actually still practicing in that area, and uh, I, I was actually doing this five years before he came on board, and then he went and got his license and so forth, and, uh, and uh, but I wanted to get out of the Bay Area. You know, I mean, I, I, I was going to become a tax attorney. I decided not to. I got took all the courses and then decided I didn't really want to be practicing in San Francisco. I mean, <laughs> I think that was a pretty good decision at this point, you know, because that's yeah. what the tax court is, you know. Right. And uh, so uh, then I moved up to Reading, and uh, I've been here ever since. It's what, uh, it's been 25 years or 20 years or whatever it is. Yeah. And so this is uh, my home base, and I've been operating out of here. I do taxes and 40, 45 states at this point uh, through internet. I've got clients that I've never even met, you know, uh, from Maine, for example. You know, I mean, they, they, uh, I, I just seem to attract anybody who's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What, what was it? I'm, Cause I know you've told me the story before, but what was it that it inspired you to, to get into this line of work and do what you do? I, I know that you'd had some audits before your family with family businesses. So you want to just give us a little background on that? Well, this all kind of started with my mother, you know, she went into business, went into a little Amway business and was writing things off. And of course, you know, she might've wrote, she didn't know anything about taxes. So, I mean, she was getting advised on what to write off and, you know, uh, she didn't know how to defend herself. So when she was audited, uh, she was pretty much left, uh, left thrown to the wolves, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to, you know, when it's your mom, you kind of, you know, get a little more involved with it. And, uh, and she was a widow at, uh, at that point, you know, my father had died prior to that. So, you know, I was the man of the family at that point. And so I would, just trying to figure out how to help her, you know, and I'd going along behind in the audit and this and that. And she ended up, uh, she ended up owing quite a bit of money. Well, in that process, uh, they audited her seven or eight years in a row. And uh, I was, and that's what got me started. I, by the time we were done, I was so angry at the abuse of power, uh, you know, not getting any help. The administration was not following the law. And I started uh, looking to people that would uh, actually uh, uh, to learn from how to handle audits. You know, Dan Pila, I went into business uh, with uh, Dan Cantori and, and United Sovereigns, and that was another company that I worked for. And, and then I started taking on audits and tax problems pretty much at that point for free. Uh, you know, and I went through uh, regular schooling as well. I went through the HR block course and 
took mm-hmm. all the courses from all the people that you know that I could get uh, my hands on, and uh, you know within a four-year period, I was getting pretty good at this. Yeah. And so that's how I got started is, is, you know, champion and the little guy's cause because, you know, my mom was getting ramrodded and she wasn't an isolated incident. After you start getting into stuff, you start finding out that these guys were abusing their power, you know, constantly on almost every case by bluffing people out of their money and not, you know, using the law as the guideline, but were basically breaking the law. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the 49ers playing the Chargers, and the 49ers are telling the the Chargers what the rules are. You know, who's going to win? Right. Right. You know, and that's kind of what we stumbled into. And then we 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 you know got involved, and one thing led to another. And you know, pretty soon we were starting tea party and, and all of that stuff too. Years later, and uh, uh, so it's been a long road. I mean, uh, we've done a lot of stuff. You know, we do business consulting, set up corporations, all that. And then 10 years ago, just to kind of add to that, uh, we were one of the organizations that was attacked by Lois Lerner and that whole fiasco under Obama. Right. And so we actually sued Lois Lerner with uh, Jay Sekulow, who is now Trump's attorney. Uh, he was my attorney at that point, and I was collaborating with these guys uh, with 40 other Tea Party outfits. And uh, and there's actually a, a, I'll send you a link. I've they actually did a uh, a documentary that I was in uh, uh, through the ACLJ American Center for Law and Justice, and uh, and I'll send you the link on that. And it explains that whole process of what happened and how we won. So we actually won the lawsuit against Lois Lerner, and and it was the first time in the history of the IRS that they actually admitted that they broke the law in court, and we have all that documented. Right. So at the time, I mean, instead of going to jail, she, she got a retirement package and, you know, uh, you got Obama in the deep state and that whole uh, thing involved there. So, uh, so that's kind of my background. My background is that I've been in the trenches fighting these guys for, you know, now it's turned into about 35 years. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, you know, that's how I found you, too, was uh, I, it was you had another client of yours uh, that I think actually was a was a patient of mine. And you had really oh, helped yeah. help their family out. And they said, hey, man, give this guy a call. And boy, I was glad I did. And and here we are all these years later. You know, it's funny, too, because I, I wanted I wanted to get you on the podcast. And then you said, yeah, well, yeah, I'll get on or whatever. And then I we, we were going to do it like one one day. I thought we we're going to do it on a Sunday. So I, I called Mark. Okay, yeah, we're getting ready. He goes, well, here, you got to talk to the producer. So all of a sudden, I thought we were going to do a podcast. I'm on his radio show, and I, and I, did, I had no idea. It was like within 15 minutes, I went ready to be on his, on his radio show. And it's a regular radio show where it's like live, and, and they got commercials and breaks and all that. But it was, it was still it was very, very cool. But anyway, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the, the, the Tea Party stuff a, a little bit and just kind of how that progressed to, to you know, what you're doing now. Well, we started the Tea Party shortly after, you know, when Obama was elected, okay, uh, you know, that all started with uh, the guy on MSNLSD, what's his name, the... Uh, uh, MSNLSD. Okay. <laughs> 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 it's now MSNDNC, but uh, 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 Joe Santelli, and he said that, you know, after what happened, the event there, uh, you know, he said, uh, gosh, everybody should throw the tea in the harbor, and that kind of is what started the whole... Tea Party movement because everybody was getting angry and we we're getting angry and it's you know you could be angry just be mad but it was a righteous anger by the time you know, this thing all started to play out because I initially said well let's give this guy a chance he could be the biggest uniter uh, that ever happened I didn't vote for him but 
you know, right. uh, let's see what he does. I mean, it wasn't three months later Obamacare was passed. Right. You know, and uh, and you can keep and just one lie after another. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your insurance. I mean, we, we've all seen the lies. Uh, your taxes. You know, you're not going to. It's not going to. We're not going to raise the insurance premiums. We're we're not going to raise your taxes. Uh, you know, it was lie after lie after lie, and that's what uh, actually got the Tea Party started. You know, Nancy Pelosi back in the day, oh, they're astroturf, and you know, our our protests were peaceful. Uh, you know, and and they were trying to say we were terrorists. You know, now you can be a terrorist, and uh, and they keep telling, and now they tell you you're peaceful. <laughs> and, and you can't make this crap up. I mean, you got Portland burning. Yeah. And they're they're like uh, in the background. You know, I got a guy on CNN. He's uh, talking about Portland's peaceful rights. In the background, all the buildings are burning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was the tip of the spear at that time. Uh, nobody realized how bad the deep state was. You know how entrenched these guys were, uh, right. because they held the narrative at that point with the news and everything else, and the politicians and both sides of the aisle. And so that was the beginning, and it's—I'll uh, tell you what—we've been in a, a knockdown, dragout Donnie Burke ever since. Yeah. Now you guys also you—you've organized what's referred to as the Jefferson State, and, and explain what that is a little bit. Well, the State of Jefferson movement is about. California is the least represented state in the union. You're supposed to originally, you know, the intent was for every 30 to 40,000 people, you'd have a representative that was local and accessible. And right. so, so he, if he was a bad guy, he was a lot easier to get rid of. And uh, if he was a good guy, you know, everybody knew it. He's local, he's accessible. We've got one representative for every, I don't even know what the number is anymore, million people or something. And so what they did was there was a, a court decision back in 1964 called uh, 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 it was Sims Reynolds versus Sims, and what that did was that took the representation from the local communities uh, because what they did was they it used to be that each uh, representative was uh, you know you had two state representatives in each county and so forth. And that took that away, so it was all done now by population. And that, that, that you know, was a problem for 30, 35 states, whatever it is, because that got all of the power out of the rural areas into the, into the cities. And it was a power play, and I don't think anybody realized at that point how bad of a power play it was. Because now, you know, you can have one, you know, uh, what, 50-square-foot uh, plot of land down there in San Francisco telling every place else in California what to do. Yeah, and so that's uh, that's what the Jefferson movement is about: is doing a, a legitimately constitutional state split, uh, because Article Four, Section Three of the Constitution has a provision in there on how to do a state split. And this isn't the first time this has happened. I mean, you 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 know, the big example that we use is uh, West Virginia and Virginia during the Civil War. Uh, so let me go back. Okay, so in that constitution, it says that you have to go to the state legislature and get approved, and then you go to the Congress to get approved, and then you can split the state. Well, in California, that's like going down to, you know, you know the Communist Party and asking them for uh, uh, freedom, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, I mean, that's probably pretty close to real at this point. Uh, so, so, you, so we have been trying to get, uh, through court cases, a representative – to, to get the court to look at this 
and they have dismissed our case here in the state of California through an Obama-appointed judge. Her name's Kimberly Mueller. And it's supposed to go to a three-judge panel by law on, on a representation issue. And mm -hmm. then you have a right on the uh, appeal, whoever wins to the Supreme Court. Well, they've, they've quelched that. Okay, so we can't get any justice. Well, going back to the, the West Virginia, Virginia model, uh, West Virginia couldn't go to Virginia for a state split because Virginia said, we want to go with the South. Mm -hmm. Well, at that time, uh, they said, well, we can bypass the legislature and go straight to the Congress because they're seditious. They're no longer following the law uh, and they're no longer honoring the contract of the United States Constitution. So West Virginia was able to bypass Virginia and go straight to the Congress, and they granted them statehood. And by doing that, they they are now represented. It and and you go back to what's called the equal uh, equal uh, doctrine footing doctrine, equal footing doctrine, and what that does is that it goes back to the original compact of the thirteen states, and you start over, okay, and you go back to the original you know, representation in the counties and not the population, but county by county, so that you, like right now, we've got one, uh, 12 representatives, you know, for the whole North State, and there's 43 in LA County. Yeah. So you have no way of opposing anything, and half of our representatives are going down there and playing ball with the Democrats because it's a power gig. Yeah. Whereas you could, if you had that even by county, you know, and then the, it used to be prior uh, Reynolds versus Sims that the two state senators then elected the federal senator. See, they don't want that to happen either, because now if you had all of the rural counties with the say down there, Boxer would have been gone a long time ago. OK, right. so, it's, it's, so, you know, when you go back to the founding of the nation, uh, the whole thing was taxation without representation. The issue was not just the taxation. It was the fact that they weren't represented in the halls of government uh, for their grievances. And now that's exactly what's happening now. So we're trying to split the state, and we have a good shot. If we can turn over the House this next election, which needs to happen anyway, because, you know, quite frankly, the Democrats are crazy. Yeah. And that doesn't even mean I'm pro-Trump. You could not even like Trump, but Biden's a train wreck. So, right. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the hairy legs clip. I mean, there's clip after yeah. clip, clip of this guy, you know, and he, he fell asleep uh, in an interview in, uh, on TV a couple days ago. It's all over the yeah. internet. He, he's, he's sitting there snoring, you know, yeah. uh, sleepy, creepy Joe. And then you got all the ones <laughs> are sniffing everybody's hair. So, 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 I mean, Trump can be a total a-hole, but this guy, you know, what's going on? And is that the best they got? So it's, uh, you know, we're kind of, uh, at that now, uh, so, so with all that said, you know, uh, if we turn over the House, we have a chance now to go directly to the Congress and, and, and petition them for a state split because we are, we should have been split a long time ago. Governor, uh, you know, the, the government in California was originally, you know, supposed to be split up between three states as it was anyway, because back in the day, they realized it was too, too huge to govern uh, with one area. And mm -hmm. right now, out of 50 states, we are the least represented state in the union. And you can see the results of that. We have no say-so in our government in the rural areas. And that's, yeah. that's across a lot of different states. It's not just germane to California, you know, but 
there's this is going you know they're having a, a trying to do a state split in washington dc you know they got this new movement from idaho oregon the new idaho thing you know and, and some of these things have some merit and some of them are pie in the sky you know people that are promoting things for their own agenda but 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 the but the deal is the rural communities are getting tired of you know not being represented like they should be and like they are in the electoral college as an example the only reason that trump is in office is because of the electoral college uh, takes into consideration those red counties across the states right otherwise the big population centers you know chicago and la and san francisco and seattle and portland they would tell everybody else who they were going to have for a president right so that's the issue that's why i got started in the state of jefferson <laughs> yeah you know and it's it's crazy too because i was born and raised in california and uh, it's an amazingly beautiful state, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know, I mean, yeah. And, you know, and I've, I've, I've roped all over up there. I got lots of friends up there uh, in that area. Uh, I spent so many summers on Lake Shasta. My dad owned a, actually he owned a, a 90 half acre lots at one time, right on the lake. I actually oh. owned one. I actually owned one too. And as just a weird caveat i forgot i had it and didn't pay the taxes on it and when i thought about it all these years later it sold uh like six months before when i called um at a tax lien sale for seven hundred dollars <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> yeah so anyway i mean i, I live with almost in the stone straw shots the lake as you know i mean i'm just one exit oh, the lake. exactly yeah 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 it's it's beautiful up there and it's just it's it's too bad you know i mean i mean even hey joe rogan left california now he's in texas so <laughs> you know, I mean, what can you say about Joe Rogan? I mean, <laughs> they're leaving in droves. I'm staying here. I mean, I was born in Wairika up in the northern tip of uh, yep. California. But uh, I've been all over California, lived all over California, seen seen it all. You know, I mean, I lived down by Riverside. And, uh, you know, I've lived in the Bay Area. I've lived all over the place because my father was uh, worked for Caltrans. And so he moved around a lot. And... Uh, you know, I love this part of the state. I love this part of California, but I'm considering moving at this point. The only thing that's keeping me here is I'm in a fight. And, uh, you know, being Irish and Scotch, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, that's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, they, we are in a, in a fight uh, at this point. I think we are winning the fight. Okay. Right. Uh, but you're not getting any media on that. I mean, all, all you got to do, it's just like the social media. I mean, you know, if you listen to them, I mean, uh, the first time around, uh, Hillary was going to win by 90, she had a 90% chance of winning. Right, right. People are saying the same thing now, you know, yeah. and uh, and then you got Joe, uh, you know, hiding in his basement, you know, not going to debate anybody. He never gets any questions. Nobody ever talks to him. And it's like, okay, and he's going to win? Yeah, yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> no, not going to happen. I mean, anybody with this, unless they cheat somehow, which is what the whole thing. Yeah mail-in ballot things about and you know i mean that's pretty obvious anybody that can you know do their own research and you know i'm not a republican or a democrat i'm a i'm an independent uh, libertarian if i was going to say anything and i think they right. have issues as well you know right but, uh, <laughs> but you know you can't you, if you aren't looking at these people and vetting them and doing your own homework and vetting these news stories and going to source docs and seeing things I mean, you're getting you're getting a snow job across the board, and I and people are waking up to that fact on the social medias. I mean, you post something that's absolutely true, 
and they and they take it off there saying that it, uh, the fact checkers, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah ridiculous. They just don't, it's not that it's not true. They just don't like the truth that that you're, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny too. Speaking of telling the truth, I was just talking to my son, Tyler, the other day. You know, Ty, he do sure. his taxes. And uh, anyway, you know, he was in the Marines for four years, and he he's uh, he's going to college now, and he's actually in California still. Um, he's married, and lives out there. And he told me that in his history, one of the history classes he was taking, the uh, teacher in there said that the uh, the rugged individualistic self-made ideas were all propaganda by the government to make people want to travel to the West, and that the cowboy manifest destiny. Yeah, yeah, the, and the cowboy life was actually not really a reality. It was something that was romanticized and uh, you know fictionalized or whatever in the fifties, but that it it never really occurred, and and it couldn't have happened without the government and any of it. Uh, anyway, it's just he said him and his other buddy were sitting there in class and just going, "Man, this is absolutely crazy." It's a brainwash, is what it is. It, exactly. They, they ignore facts that don't fit into the narrative, which is the narrative always comes back to one thing. The government is, you know, ends up in control of, of everything. And you can call it fascism, communism, socialism, whatever you want. But it always ends up in the hands of a few people who just happen to be reaping the reward of everything and everyone. Right. I mean, you go to Venezuela, you go to any place where they implement this kind of system. So they've got to get rid of the ancestors. They've got to get rid of the Constitution. They got to get rid of any ideas of freedom and self-reliance, and that was Thomas Jefferson's whole thing. He was—he said he imagined what he called an agrarian society where everybody was a farmer and they grew their own food, and 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 you know they weren't dependent on the government for anything because then once you get dependent on the on the government, then you know uh, it's like uh, the old saying in the Bible, you know, the borrower's servant to the lender, you know. Yeah. You know, and the rich ruleth over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender is how that quote goes. Well, that's what they're talking about. They wanted to have a government that governs least, that governs best. So you had to have some government, but, you know, uh, you had to keep it in a cage. I mean, the old quote from uh, from Washington, uh, government is not eloquence. It is, uh, it is like fire, and fire is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. It's force. You know, right. and uh, you, you got to bind it down, uh, this monster down with the chains of a constitution, because if you let give it too much power, it will get out of control and consume you. And, gee, uh, I mean, if you can't see that with what's going on today, you know, you're not paying much attention. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think they've 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 gone beyond shooting themselves in the foot. They've literally shot themselves in the head with with uh, all these riots, and and then and it just basically they're just condoning it, you know, like you said, and they're and they're sitting there going, well, it's you know they're peaceful riots, and, and the the whole place is burning down. So uh, it's going to be interesting how how it plays out. But and this uh, is all lot. Trump's fault, you know. And it, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> this projection thing. You can read these guys so easily, you know, it's, it's like the old joke, you know, how do you tell when a politician's lying? Well, his lips are moving, you know? Right. And, you know, what they do is anything they're projecting onto you is exactly what they're doing. You know, I mean, uh, Biden's going, you know, uh, Trump's corrupt. Uh, don't worry about China and, and uh, right. Ukraine. <laughs> right, right. You know, one point something billion just happens to go into my son's bank account. Eh, you know, you know, but Trump's a... Trump's a jerk, you know. Right. Maybe Trump is a jerk, you know. I don't right. know. Right. But 
you know, the fact that if Trump's a jerk, does that mean that you can do whatever you want that's illegal and corrupt and sell our country out and not have the media uh, question anything because uh, the media is pretty much bought and sold for it at this point? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It is crazy. Crazy. But we are winning. I mean, yes. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, I like to think uh, this is an adventure, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of adventures, how, did you just recently move to a new place up there, or did you just you just got a new? You did well, something new up there. I know well, that. Well, what happened was I was actually living in a barn, okay, and uh, I was building this property up, and uh, so then we we acquired kids, and uh, we we had three uh, three kids that we had to deal with, and we were living in the barn. I mean, we had an apartment upstairs, and you know we had the horses and all the stuff that we were doing. Right. And, uh, you know, but uh, it was really uh, not conducive to adding three more people, you know, uh, to the, 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 the equation. So what we did was we had to, had to, you know, had to bring a house in. So we built a right. house and got that up and running, a little three-bedroom house so that they could each have a bedroom and, you know, their own little place to do their thing. And, and uh, otherwise they were, I mean, they were sleeping, you know, in the middle of a, of a, of a barn. I mean, we actually closed off the stable and you know we got beds down there and, the, and, and <laughs> so so but we got it all built up now we got a pool we got the house you know we're uh, it's pretty comfortable you know we got a nice big garden and uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it other other than uh, you know the uh, what's going down down there in Sacramento with Gavin Mussolini uh, you know I'm, I'm pretty comfortable <laughs> at this point yeah, and and just for the listeners, what Mark's referring to there is he and his wife Linda are raising three of their grandkids. They're ages seven, ten, and fifteen now. But how long how long have you guys had them and been raising them? Well, you know, we started raising the oldest one early on, and then uh, you know my son and his his uh, significant other, uh, you know, they they got went off the deep end. I'm sure we've all had. Uh, relatives that had drugs and alcohol problem or you yeah. know and i'm not going to go too deep into it but we ended up uh, with them and they ended up uh, uh the the big one moved back in i call him the big one because he's like six five you know and uh he's like <laughs> he eats like a horse and, and he's 15 i i mean if he doesn't stop growing pretty soon i mean i'm not sure what we're going to do uh but uh then the 10 and the seven year old well the, the 10 year old was with uh, his parents for a while and then, you know, so he was four or five when when he came to live with us. And the, the girl who's seven, you know, she doesn't remember much of anything because we were taking care of her when she was a year, year and a half. And uh, so she doesn't even, you know, know who, who her mom is. I mean, she knows. We don't keep anything from them. But, right. you know, they uh, were their parents as far as they're concerned uh, at this point. Uh, you know, her mother hasn't uh, contacted anybody for years, and, and uh, uh, their father, you know, he's not a bad guy and everything, but he needs to pull his head out of his, uh, you know, his, uh, whatever he's got his head stuffed up into. <laughs> and uh, uh, and he's doing that, I think, but uh, he's going to be uh, out of the picture for another two or three, maybe five years. Yeah. So it is what it is, but we're doing fine with them. We're, we're not putting them in school at this point because... Uh, we were homeschooling him and doing the distance learning because the older one, he doesn't really need to go to class other than to socialize. And uh, and we're not putting the mask on. You know, after right. all the crap that's been going on with this, you know, oh, mask on, mask off, open up, uh, shut down. You know, 
Newsom's a, a you know he's he's a he's a nuisance is what he is. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so the mass thing, I don't know if you heard that they just revised the CDC's figures on uh, on uh, the COVID who who how many people have died. Right. No, I didn't hear this. Well, this is this last week. So I get the report on Sunday that that out of they said 160,000, only 9,210 actually have died of COVID with no other thing going on. Now, when you run that number, I mean, I went off the deep end on Sunday because it's like, are you kidding me? So all the other ones had other related things. Uh, they either had illness or or, you know, diabetes or heart problems or, you know, or 85 years old, you know, right. uh, with other existing preconditions. And so they have lied about the whole thing. Yep. And they've lied about the numbers. They've lied. I mean, you can check this stuff out. And, of course, they're trying to block this story out. But they quietly last week re revised the numbers uh, to to basically show that this whole thing's been a scam because 60,000 people died of the flu last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So now we're supposed to put this mask on, and I think this mask is a more of a, a bend the knee issue than it is an actual protection, because we know the masks don't protect you. I right. mean, uh, <laughs> they, they don't do anything. You know, I mean, as far as the virus goes, I mean, I, I posted a picture online that shows a guy in a big hazmat suit and all this stuff, and you know, gloves, and looks like he's you know going into a nuclear waste uh, dump or something. And that's what they do to protect themselves from the virus, you know. So you think your bandana is going to, you know, do anything? <laughs> it's insanity. Yeah. Yep, I agree, man. I agree. So we're 100%. not wearing. We're not wearing them. You know, we're just not wearing them. And yeah. we're out far enough in the middle of nowhere where you know yeah. we're not. You know, we're not having any problems, and with the distance learning, we're not going to put them in school. This whole thing's going to blow over probably about November fourth, November. Fifth, you know? yeah, exactly. Anyway, if not sooner, because the narrative is falling apart. And if you look at the narrative, what did they accomplish? If this whole thing's a scam, and they ran the numbers up, and then you look at Fauci, Fauci, and you know he's got his hands in the pie. And the report came out that they were trying to patent this COVID virus back in 2009. And oh. These guys are just dirty, you know. Yeah. And uh, so uh, you look at the, the the big thing. So so you know. Well, you know, discredit Trump, right? sink the economy, blame it on him. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't have to come out of the basement. Right. Vote, vote by mail. Yeah. There's no cheating going on there. And, yep. you know, you know, after a while, you know, it's like if you go in the forest and you walk out into a clearing and all the trees are planted in straight rows, you don't have to know that somebody did it to understand right. that there was intelligence design behind it, you know? Right. Uh, right. So at what point in time do you, you know, realize these guys are pissing down your back and calling it rain? Yep. You know, and that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, there's a ton of evidence that says I'm right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's why I wanted to have you on, too. You know, it's just uh, it's it's just like whoever posted that stupid little thing. I mean, just the, on on my deal, it's like I don't even what they're talking about. I mean, what was the whole point? Maybe somebody scrolling through and saw the word cowboy and in. Uh, in iTunes and go, I'm just going to jack with this guy. He was, you know, he's probably a redneck or whatever. I, who knows? I mean, I don't well, there's know. There's trolls out there everywhere, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and they want to just disrupt and, and, you know, control the narrative and anybody who's self-reliant or free, you know, they don't like, I mean, we've all had these little skirmishes with these guys online. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. And some of them are just flat out nuts. I, 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 we have one guy that uh, went to the Board of Supervisors the other day. He was the first speaker. We had a big protest out in front of the Board of Supervisors. I think we were primarily responsible for them opening the county up here because, I mean, people, you know, uh, Google uh, Carlos Zapata on YouTube and and uh, and then maybe go to my Facebook. I'll I'll pull some of them up for you. Uh, they were serious. These are some of these guys are combat veterans. But, yeah. But going back to this guy, he's like this 16, 17 year old guy named Josh Brown. He probably lives at home with his mama. You know. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's probably on some kind of assistance welfare, the dole somewhere, uh, you know, or, or e evil, stupid, all the above. I don't know. So he goes on there and, and one of the things he says is property is theft. Private property is theft. <laughs> what? Okay. So, so in other words, if I work all my life to have something nice, you can take it from me because I'm the thief. Right. Right. I mean, it's nonsense. That's that, but that's what these guys believe, and this is the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter. They're all Marxists, you know. I mean, yeah. you can Google, uh, go to uh, the do uh, be a Black Lives Matter website. You know, all of their donations are going to through Act Blue to the to to the to the Democrats. Right. And so you can follow the line right to the Democratic Party, and then they have on tape their leadership all saying that they're trained Marxists. I mean, yeah. it's like okay, uh, so I should just believe they're upstanding citizens, even though they're they're telling me that they're all Marxists and you know they want to have the government take over everything from everybody, no private property. But you know what could go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Isn't it? Well, hey, Mark, we're getting close to the end of our time here. We're burning up the clock. Um, you don't happen to have a favorite uh, brand of cowboy hats, do you, by chance? Well, I don't know. You know, I, uh, Stetson's always good. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm not wearing too many cowboy hats these days. I, I haven't been up on a uh, pony for a while. My horse died a year or two ago, and uh, we've been so into this fight that I haven't even, uh, you know, I got several brands, but, uh, you know, I think Stetson's probably the one that sticks out. How about cowboy boots? You got a favorite brand of boots, or? Well, you know, I like. Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, oh gosh, I can't even think of the name now. Uh, I want to say Lariat, but it's not uh, Laredo. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. And then, how about uh, cowboy movies? You got a favorite western? Do I have a favorite western? You know, that's a that's a toss up uh, between a couple <laughs> of them. I like Tombstone. Yeah. And I like Silverado. I mean, new westerns. Right. You know, you go back to the old westerns. Shane is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Ladd. Alan, Alan Ladd. That one scene in the bar where he comes in and fights Wilson, I think <laughs> is the best scene ever filmed. You know, I play it on my show sometimes. You know, he says, Yeah, well, I've heard about you, Wilson. That's my favorite line. He says, What if you hurt, Shane? That you're a low down Yankee liar. <laughs> yeah, prove it. <laughs> That's my favorite line. I, I'll play that clip over and over for when Linda's in the room just to mess with her, you know. And then I'll, uh, I'll say it as they're saying it, you know. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, and where and where can people go again to, uh, to listen to your show? Well, if you want to listen to it, we're on Sundays. You can listen live at KCNR1460.com. 
you know, uh, we have AM FM stations at uh, 1460 AM and 96.5 FM. Uh, and then we also are archived uh, worldwide. We're streaming on the web worldwide, and that's why you want to go in there on Sunday 10 to noon and go to the live chat room and listen and get involved there. Uh, and it's been we've been having some pretty interesting shows here lately, and we've had some great guests too. I mean, we've had you know Ted Nugent, Charlie Daniels. I mean, I I don't even know how many we've had. Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch. Uh, uh, gosh, it just goes on and on and on. And so we uh, David Horowitz. Uh, uh, I can't even think of them all. We've had so many guests. Uh, so, well, you had, uh, you you know, had Dan, Dan Hillenbrand from the Modern Cowboys, so that was pretty Dan impressive, Hillenbrand too. <laughs> <from Trump. laughs> there you have it. So we get a lot of people that come on the show, and the topics are interesting. And we always try to you know, talk about things that nobody else will talk about, you know, yeah. in, in the mainstream media anyway. Yeah. And that's what the show's based on. Absolutely. Well, very cool, Mark. Man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing uh, your knowledge with, with everybody in terms of just our country, our Constitution, and, and about our rights being infringed in so many different ways. And, and this, there isn't a more perfect time for people to, for the silent majority to rise up and, and take action and do something because yep. we, can't, we can't sit by and, and, and let this stuff happen. And, and like you said, um, I don't think we are now, and I think that— uh, I think that people have had about enough of all this crap. I think you're right. Time to step up, you know. Uh, go big or go home. <laughs> exactly. Okay, everybody. Hey, well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Cowboys and cowgirls out. Hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock And ice down a cooler I drive that old back road Until it ends At the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups And fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses Then there's my old stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Well I ain't no play your speed But I give her hell He can never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle Philosophize most of life's problems. Yeah, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. Yeah, we don't do it for the money. You were always broke. Just ask Clint what he paid a rope. He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pin Well, I ain't no 
another pair of steers Till a few more lives Drink another beer And hypothesize Those are lives, problems By God, we're gonna solve them Down at the Roman Pay We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the Roman Pay Down 